Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having us on. Um, man, that coaching list is a long list for me. I've been been around. Uh, I guess uh, I was in Texas uh, at a 6A high school basketball program at Katy, Texas before going overseas. And then um, overseas, I was a, a U-20 state team coach for in Penang, Malaysia. Um, was the head basketball coach at Delada International School. Uh, came back to Texas, and then I uh, was at Peyto High School, which I was the first assistant there, um, where we ended up uh, top top five team in the state, uh, and then uh, ended up getting a head coaching position over at a brand new high school in the south southwest side of Houston. Uh, but then I got offered the the job here at USA, my hometown, uh, principal and head girls basketball coach. So. We ended up making that move back up here last year and took over the uh, girls basketball head coaching position up here. Awesome. Around the world and, and back all the way home. I, I love it. Well, my list uh, quite isn't quite as long um, as Coach Arnold's, um, but uh, I coached one year JV at a very small school in uh, the, the thumb of Michigan, the tip of the thumb, uh, Caseville. Coached one year JV there. And then I somehow landed uh, the varsity job there, coached three years varsity there. And then about an hour south in the thumb of Michigan, another smaller school, a little bigger than Caseville, um, but a, a class C school. So for those listeners, you know, we graduated about 60 to 70 kids per class um, in Brown City. And I was there for seven years. Um, and then me and my family made the move up to northern Michigan because that's where one, my wife is from. It's beautiful. It's an awesome area. Um, we're really uh, thankful to be here. And I coached eighth grade um, boys basketball last year at Charlevoix, which, again, it's a smaller school, Class C. So we graduate between 60 and 75 kids. And then um, I've been blessed to get the opportunity to take over uh, the boys basketball program and coach the varsity uh, next season. So I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to diving in here and uh, kind of bounce some ideas off you guys and, you know, sharing what I've learned. It's definitely experience. And um, I think we'll probably talk about it, but every stop has been different. And I know Coach Arnold would agree that, um, you know, not all the places are the same. It's, it's a different team every year. It's a different program. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. Awesome. Great stuff. Uh, so, Coach Arnold, I'll throw this first one back to you, and then Coach Tro, you can piggyback off it. But when you simply hear the, you know, the sentence, you're taking over a new basketball program, what are some of the first things that come to mind? First thing that comes to my mind is uh, evaluation, like just uh, uh, observing and seeing uh, what players we have to work with and, and just where we're at. Because uh, that understanding where we're at helps me set expectations and goals um, to pick one or two things that we can try to work on immediately and that we can build on for the future. And I would 100% agree with Coach Arnold and kind of having a, a feel-out phase is what I would call it. And also, um, you know, one of the first things that I think of is connecting before coaching, and that's connection with players, that's connect, connection with the current staff, that's connection with alumni, with administration, within the community, just being able to make those connections um, before you kind of dive into it, kind of like what Coach was talking about, evaluating what you have and connecting with people, building relationships um, before actually the coaching begins, because then you have kind of a, a baseline for where you're at. 
So Coach Straw, fire this one back to you, you first. When it comes to, I mean, great stuff, evaluating, again, it, you're not going to have, you know, the goals of a state championship team if your team was 0-20, right? And you're just trying to figure out who's going to come out and play for the, for the team. So I, I think that's that's huge pieces, obviously connecting with people around you. I love that. Coach Stroh, everybody talks about culture. Everybody talks about leadership. People use different terms, pillars, non-negotiables, values. What are some of the things that you tried to instill, especially in that first year as a head coach with your team? Well, you know, it even started this summer. Uh, I was uh, lucky enough to be on staff last year as an uh, assistant for the varsity. So I coached eighth grade and our season got done all right before Christmas break. Then I was able to jump in with the varsity. I kind of went to overlap, went to both practices during the summer, um, but jumped with them. So I kind of knew what we had. And some emphasis that I had this summer was one, we're always going to be the hardest working team. Like when we step on the floor, it doesn't matter what the score is. We're going to be the hardest working team. And then I kind of defined that a little, um, you know, we don't have a lot of time in the summer to sit down and have meetings, but that was one thing. Another thing was no hanging our heads. I felt that that's something that we need to improve. And as a program, there's a lot of, you know, guys that would get down on themselves if they made a mistake. So I wanted to create an environment where they understood mistakes are okay. Uh, we learn from them, you know, failure is your, you know, first attempt in learning um, type of thing. And then also, you know, nothing works unless you work. I know you've said that before. I might be where I got it from actually coach Kramer, but we have to put in the work because nothing's going to work. Um, whatever I bring to the program or we add or we change or we keep, nothing's going to work unless they work. And then one of the last things, and I, I tried to hammer these and I talked to them, you know, every time we kind of met this summer, every time I seen them, I saw them. And, you know, before scrimmage, it was the last one was, if you're not prepared to put the team first, you need to turn around. All right, we're team first. That's how we're going to operate. Um, and that's how we're going to be successful. And those were kind of what I focused on this summer. You know, as we go into next year, um, a couple things, I'm, I'm actually working on a plan of like, what do I want us to be about? And some things I have is grit. Some things I have is competitive and also joy. I really, I mean, like having fun, you know, not just goofing around having fun, but like bringing joy and passion and being excited about somebody else's success, one of your teammates' success, and celebrating those things. Like, we're going to celebrate success. We're going to celebrate even if it's little wins in practice or off the court or in the classroom. We're going to do that, and that's going to be part of our culture. And I guess another one is gratitude. You know, I think that's huge. That's kind of one of my core um, values as a, as a person. That's one that is almost non-negotiable. And with saying that, I'm sorry, it's probably a long answer, but other core values I want the players to kind of take ownership of. So I'm going to ask them their input. I might, us coaches, me, my assistant coaches, JV coaches, we might give, you know, three core values that we're going to talk about and then have the players choose two. And I wouldn't go more than five or six because that's just too many to remember. You know, these kids should know it. They should be able to recite it. Um, and they should know what the program's about um, when they put on that jersey. I absolutely love it. Co Coach Arnold, how about yourself when it comes to, helping build and establish new culture and values with, with your current team. I heard coach Troshak just say just a lot of really good stuff. Uh, just having, just having that, that pure appreciation for being out there not, and for me, it's not necessarily basketball as a sport, but it's that appreciation for being able to get out there and give your best and be able to compete um, in a, in, 
and to work to accomplish something bigger than yourself, I think is something that's really important. Um, for us, it's always uh, a, a big theme that we always talk about is progression over perfection. Um, we're, we're always, as hard as it, it may be, like I genuinely don't usually pay as much attention to the score, scoreboard as much as I do as, as far as our, our own improvement from day to day. Um, and that's something that's really important to me is, is uh, I'm perfectly at peace with going into a game and losing a game and seeing our players just play outstanding and, and improve in a, in a few specific areas that we've been working on in practice. Uh, one of the things coming in at the level that uh, these girls were at, um, I, I constantly told them throughout the season is there's there are some frustrating moments. And the, the question was, well, how can you how can you not get frustrated? Uh, at some of those things out there and I, and I just flat out said I, I, I can never get mad at at my players for uh, not doing something that we haven't done in practice um, and so that's something that's a, a reoccurring thing with us as we always strive for pro pro progression over perfection. I love that progression over perfection in the very beginning coach Arnold you talked about the evaluation phase and how that helps you establish expectations and goals. How does that start to translate into how you decide as a new coach with a new program, what your style of play is going to look like? Well, I think the, the first thing is, and, and I, I admittedly, you know, I didn't do it perfectly uh, this past year coaching girls for the first time was a was a big adjustment um, I'm coming from a, a school that that just had a you know the floodgates were open as far as athletes I mean almost everybody was getting their head above the rim and the, the pace I mean we ran a dribble drive and a lot of our offense was predicated on creating more spacing so our guys could go to work um, and then then you're going into a situation where uh, you don't have a lot of skill level. The pace is a lot slower. Uh, there's a lot more, there's not as much basketball IQ. Uh, and so it was, it was the evaluation phase of it, I would say probably took almost all season long to, to figure out where we, we were at skill wise and what we could actually do. Um, so I would say it took the entire season because, because what I came in with was just some of the basic uh, dribble drive fundamentals um, but towards the end of the season, I'm already starting to adjust and, and starting to to feel out the adjustments that we need to make this next year going into the season uh, to be able to help our girls be more successful. I love it. That's a, that's a lot of the, the live and learn uh, right there as you're as you're going into new new uh, charting un, uncharted territory there. Coach uh, Tro, how about yourself? Yeah, you know, like Coach Arnold said, evaluating and, you know, he, I don't know, Coach Arnold, did you have any time in the summer with them or any time before you, you know, jumped into your season last year? No. So I, I have a little of advantage of that, seeing, having them for summer basketball and also being on staff last year. So I kind of know what we have. And you know, as, as a coach and any coach listening out there, you know, you have to coach different every year. I mean, every year is a little different. It's a, 
getting that group to maximize their ability. I'm not saying you have to change your whole system um, every single year. That No, not at all. I'm just saying you might have to tweak stuff. Everything, every year is going to be different. And, or you look at a chunk, like, Hey, we got some classes coming through that are very athletic. We got some class coming through that size. We have class coming through that doesn't have size and speed, whatever you, your evaluation is, I'm um, kind of plan for the future too. Um, but with that being said, you know, we do lack size. Um, we are athletic. I would say a lot of our players, uh, basketball is their second or third sport, but you know, they're athletic. They, they get in the weight room. So for me as a coach, I have to look, how can I put them in the best situation to be successful? And that is, for me, it's like, let them be athletes. So we're going to try to push pace. We're going to try to pressure and disrupt because that's what they're good at. And also, quite frankly, there's less thinking involved. Like, you know, reading a screen is is difficult. Do I, do I pop? Do I curl? Do I flare? You can teach them that stuff. Um, but you know, it's easier. Let's, let's get up and down, you know, and let's push base and let's try to go against the defense that is never set. Um, and then on, on the defensive side, let's always disrupt. And that way we don't have to, you know, think about how we're going to make three different ways to cover a ball screen. Let's just be athletes and go out there. So that's kind of where I'm at, you know, I'm sure that we'll, we'll fail um, at times. And, you know, like coach said, you know, it's all about reevaluating, making tweaks and improving today. And I love that, that, uh, phrase of progress uh, over perfection. I typed in my notes already, Coach. That's great stuff. Coach Trump, I'm going to throw this one uh, back to you again. For many coaches listening, if they're taking over a new team or even a new program, they may feel a little more comfortable. They probably do feel a lot more comfortable on the basketball side of things than in some of the community, the relationships with the parents aspect, especially if they haven't done that before. Do you have any tips of advice or, or things that you found to be successful when it comes to being a new coach and stab, establishing standards and positive relationships with parents? You know, parents are a huge part of your program. Uh, there's that old kind of way of thinking where the parents are separate. They're not part of your program. You know, I, I'm not going to talk to parents. I'm not going to do the thing. I, I'm on the opposite um, where I think they need to involve. They're a huge part. Um, they can be, you know, extremely supportive and different, um, endeavors that you do um and the big thing is you know as a parent myself and you know as a parent you as a parents knowing like what do you want your son or daughter's experience to be and if you see somebody that you know gives them confidence that um you know teaches them that holds them to a standard but is you know demanding but not demeaning all those things um you know i want that's what i want my daughters that's who I want my daughters to play for so becoming a, like looking at yourself like am I a coach that I would want my kids to play for um and that's one thing and then um kind of spitballing here but also getting involved in like do you have a youth program that's a great way to meet parents younger parents you know are you running a basketball camp do you have your youth program set up in the winter um do you have like a three-on-three getting youth involved is a great way to, to meet parents. It's a little tougher to meet parents at, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but as they're, you know, as players are in high school, they're busy, things like that. You don't see them as much, you know, that the parents are going to be there for youth basketball. They're dropping them off. You see them at basketball camp and they drop them off. Creative players that can drive themselves. It's a little tougher to make those connections, but you can do those through, you know, parent meetings, uh, team dinners and anyway, you know, we're lucky. I'm lucky here. We have great parents. 
and they um, already have been involved and they're willing to, you know, do dinners or help out in any way possible. So. I love that. And, and coach Arnold, you can piggyback on this right here, but uh, I talked with a couple different parents and they were raving about some of the winter youth basketball programming that you had basically kicked up and, and started once again at Unionville Seaway schools, which, you know, right to what coach Troshak said is a great way to start to build uh, that positive community and relationship with parents. Well, our youth program is just a spinoff of Kramer basketball camp. So that's, <laughs> we, we just continue that season on a little bit longer. Uh, but everything coach Troshak just said was, was spot on. I mean, the relationship aspect of it is important. And um, I think that one of the things that, that we do is that is one of the most valuable parts of our season is our parent meeting. Um, I have a, a parent packet that we go over parents are required to be there. I have a 10 commandments of, of being a great team parent um, that we go over with, with the parents and the players. Um, and, and basically it's all around being supportive. Um, I'm big on being transparent. Like I, we, we never have anything to hide. If a parent wants to come in and watch practice, our practices are never closed. They can, they can always come in. They nobody's come in yet, but um, that's certainly something that's always welcome um, and just building their trust and, and those relationships, I think is huge. Another huge piece of building that program is the relationships that you have with your coaches from the youth level, junior high level, uh, to your high school coaches and varsity assistants. As a new coach, you're probably bringing some of your own staff in. At the same time, there's probably coaches that have been coaching at various levels for uh, a while now. Coach Arnold, you're now kind of the boss of my dad, who's uh, uh, been, been a junior high coach. And I know he's, he's jumping in and helping you out a little bit as well. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of establishing those relationships with both new and experienced coaches at your school and maybe anything that you've done in the past that you found successful? Yeah, that, that's been a tough one because uh, coming from our programs down in Texas where uh, coaching sports is ingrained into the curriculum, it becomes a little bit easier when you're the head coach of a program. It's expected that the junior high coaches um, are underneath you and, and, and directly follow the program that you want to implement. Um, here it's been uh, coming in here it's been a, a lot of coaches for I don't know how many years have all been on an island and so it was a big change when they saw me being involved in the junior high uh, program and then uh, um, observing the, our JV program and just kind of evaluating um, and and just the, the one thing that was a non-negotiable for me is that we have to be aligned we have to be aligned from the youngest youngest team from youth programs all the way up um, we have to we have to understand the specific skills that we're looking to build and develop um, throughout the junior high all the way up so that when, when they get to the JV and varsity level uh, we're continuing to progress instead of having to reteach certain concepts uh, so that is exactly what you said is we, we've we've adjusted some of our coaches uh, uh, we're going to have some coaches trainings coming up. 
uh, your dad's been huge coming in. I'm trying to get him up more, but he's hesitant to commit to more, but trying to get him in there as much as possible as well. Just getting that extra support as far as uh, people that know uh, the level of skill development that, that are there, that are there for the right reasons that are there to help develop young players as opposed to coming in and, and are on their island trying to win a championship. Um, so I'm sorry, but seventh grade girls basketball championship is not, not that big of a deal. Uh, so I get getting some people in there that have that perspective. Uh, we're trying to, we're trying to develop those skills to help out the varsity in the future. hundred percent getting the, getting the right pieces in place. And, you know, you mentioned prog prog progression over perfection and, and that's what it is, especially at the youth levels, progress, 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 step-by-step. Step. I love it. Coach Troshak, how about yourself? Yeah, getting uh, everyone getting everyone aligned. Um, as Coach talked about, you know, especially in smaller schools, it's tough to just find coaches. Like, you might get a parent that does it for a couple of years because they have a son or daughter that's going to do junior high, so they coach from the seventh and eighth grade. But if you can find people in the community, I, th I think it's gold. Um, if you can find quality middle school coaches. Um, they're important. They're vital. Uh, they have to. They have to kind of have energy. I feel like. I mean, if I had to pick one, you know, area where the most important it would be, it'd be middle school coaching. Um, and they're the ones that are usually involved for that player's like first love or their first memory of basketball. Um, so getting them and anything that you can do to help them out, whether it's you know showing them a video of what the varsity does, and in one thing we do I've done in the past and plan on doing this year is I'm going to bring the varsity into the middle school practices and we're going to run our practice ones and that's part part of its culture and also just you know being able to show hey middle you know middle school players this is what we do this is what we're about you guys are doing the exact same thing you're going to be doing this um you're going to be learning these skills and I think that's important the coach said is like you know what skills you need and, and those middle school coaches need to know that because there's a million different skills out there um they could be teaching um but what are the most important to to their development um in, in terms of getting all your coaches on the same page but like i mentioned it's tough to get you know coaches uh, a lot of people are busy they can't make it right after work um or right after school you know times are challenging so that is one challenge i i have faced so far how do you balance the challenge of coming into a program and you have your own strengths and weaknesses as a coach? You have maybe a expertise in a certain style of offense or defense that you're really partial to. How do you balance your personal strengths and weaknesses and maybe likes and dislikes as far as style of play to looking at your new players and understanding what their own strengths and weaknesses are? I know that's maybe not the, the best phrase question um, and there's probably no perfect answer to it either. No, I, I kind of understand where you're going with that. And that's some, a challenge that I am facing um, with the personnel we have this upcoming year and about the next couple of years will be balanced, um, which is a good thing. Um, and also, like I said, we're, we're gonna try to play fast, which I haven't had the opportunity or maybe I just never did it with with past uh, teams so you guys were talking we were kind of chatting before this podcast started about you know coach bone and coach Gameforth and how they said you know 
man, we're, we're such better coaches now. And I look at that and I go, you know, how can I speed that process up? Because I know we're going to play a little faster. We're going to use our athletes a little better, you know, now for the next four or five years, you know, down the pipe. But I don't want to, I haven't done this before. So how can I speed up that process? The best way that I know how to speed up this process is talking with other coaches, picking their brains that have done that, bringing them in. We brought in a former uh, coach that coaches Charlotte and St. Francis, Keith Haskey. Um, I'm actually gonna, hopefully going to meet with them next week and just pick their brains. Also, having people on staff, a player that played for Coach Haskey and they made a state title run. He played in the state championship. He's going to most likely be our varsity assistant. So he's familiar with that. So getting that around, getting those pieces around you to support you that are going to offset maybe, you know, my weaknesses and they're going to bring up those because they have a little more knowledge of, of the way the style that we're trying to play. But definitely picking the brains of people that have played that style um, or that way before, you know, kind of helps you, you know, I guess, make up for those, those weaknesses. I love it. Coach, uh, Coach Arnold, how about yourself? How do you balance your own coaching strengths and weaknesses to the players and some of their strengths and weaknesses, especially if they don't necessarily align? Yeah, that, that's actually a really good question. Uh, coming into it, just kind of knowing the way I am as a coach is I just like I, I want everything fast paced. I want I want the processing. I want I want players knowing before the ball touches their hands, whether they're going to shoot or dribble or pass. I want that processing speed to be a lot quicker. I want to get up and down the court um, and then coming in here. That's not what I have to work with. Uh, and so the exciting part about it, and that that's something that I've come to the realization this summer uh, is that as a, as a experienced coach, um, I've had to learn all over again. And so the, the fun part about that is, is being able to get excited about learning new things. Um, and like coach said too, uh, start talking to uh, as many experienced coaches as possible and just picking their brains who have been in this situation, uh, talking with successful girls uh, coaches that, that know how much different coaching girls is than boys um, and just learning from that. Uh, getting into, like, I've never been so excited for the coaching clinics coming up and uh, uh, just because I'm, I'm, I need to learn. I need to get some new ideas. Um, and coach said, said it well too, is like, you got to surround yourself by people that, uh, that, that can fill those weaknesses as well. Um, so I, I've been looking at a couple of coaches that, that, uh, I'm hoping to bring in your dad's one of them too. That's very knowledgeable. That's, that's got a solid mind. Um, that is strong, that's strong in areas that I'm a little bit weaker in. I love it. And, what, what you talked about the processing speed and not to get too much on a side tangent, but we ran Thumb Pride basketball camp at USA schools uh, a few, maybe about a month ago now. And we brought coach Arnold in the very first day on Monday to talk to about 40 of our junior high players and about 20 plus of our high school players on FIBA three on three. And so the first day we brought him in to talk about that, explain the rules, everything that goes into it, the benefits, the processing, just playing fast, quick decisions. And uh, the rest of the week, we always, we played FIBA three on three. The only thing we didn't do was the shot clock just because we didn't have the capabilities of that. Kids loved it. It was awesome. 
And that was awesome to see how the kids, they literally in four days, they got better in four days. It was so cool to be able to bring our kids in at different moments throughout when we were playing and to be able to tell them, listen, you weren't even, it was Wednesday. You weren't doing that on Monday. That's Thursday. You weren't doing that on Tuesday. Look, look what you you've done. Um, but they're able to get so many more repetitions. And it's almost like basketball on steroids in the sense of just being of how fast FIBA three on three is. So we combine that with obviously all the skill development that we're running at our camps. It was just really, really awesome to, to see. And so that was a, a huge, so if, if, for any of our listeners, especially in Michigan area, you get a chance to bring in coach Arnold, have him teach you some, some details of FIBA three on three. It's, it's definitely time well spent. I know our players got a lot better because of it. And some will continue to use uh, throughout the course of the year with the players that, that I work with now coaches, what are, uh, couple things that are staples that we haven't necessarily touched on, but maybe some overarching pieces of advice. You're talking to a new coach, first time head coaching job, right? You guys have bounced around a handful of schools, even a handful of countries. And you're saying, make sure you do this or make sure you don't. I'll jump in with one and then maybe coach will have another one. Maybe I'll remember one. Um, but this goes for you know a coach taking over a new program or even a coach coming back the next year is every team is different. I kind of mentioned that. And oftentimes us coaches, we will, that first day of practice, that first week of practice, we remember how it was at the end of last season because that's the, what's ingrained in our mind. And it was probably like a fluid, like we had, you know, practice was fluid. Everything was fluid. You know, guys knew what to do. Girls knew what to do. Um, they knew the routine. They knew our expectations. And you have to kind of clear that slate. And you have to remember where you started. And that's the big thing. Like, coach, this isn't your first program you've taken over. You know, this isn't the first program I've had the opportunity to take over. Coach out there listening, it might be your first one. Um, but then think back to your first job, uh, coaching job. And think of, like, where you were. And what got you to that that later, you know, that picture that's in your mind? That that at least helped me because oftentimes early on in my career, I even from year to year, I'd come in and the first week of practice, I'd be like, man, we're so far behind or I'm so frustrated. But I had to remember like where we started at the beginning of last year, how long it took us to get where we were at at the end of the year. So that'd be one thing, you know, like Coach talked about progress. We're working on progress, we're trying to get better each day. And if you do that, um, then you're better at the end of the season. You're going to but, you know, be the best team out there on the floor. I'm going to jump in before Coach Arnold mentioned something. I, I think that is so valuable. And what a, I have to remind myself of that, even running basketball camps. And, okay, I've been running basketball camps since 2008. So when, when I go and I'm running a basketball camp, I'm like, man, they're just not – they're not getting it fast enough. They're not getting it fast enough. And I have to remind myself, oh, this may be your 15th year around a basketball camps. This is this kid's first basketball camp. He's not supposed to, or she's not supposed to get it fast. That's not how this works. Just because you've been coaching for a longer period of time. A lot of times we expect our kids to be able to pick up some things and run with it right away. It's like, no, this is the, this might be your player's first ever time playing on a varsity team. And if it's not, they've really only been playing basketball at the varsity level for two or three seasons. That's nothing compared to coaching the game for decades and being involved for a long period of time. And so I just love that you mentioned that because I know I have to keep reminding myself 
of those things. And I'm not even a, a head basketball coach right now. Yeah, I, 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 you know, third that is that I, what you said previously is that uh, oftentimes I'm I'm thinking throughout the season, oh, we're so far behind, we're so far behind. Uh, but then having that perspective of where we started and where you finished off, um, one of the things I, I I thought it being a most new head coaches are going to go into that first experience. Uh, and they're going to have this awesome plan. They're going to spend so many hours developing this perfect practice plan, the perfect uh, coach's handbook or player's handbook or whatever. And then you're going to get into the season. And uh, what I would say is just just be ready to make adjustments on the fly. Like don't don't have that tunnel vision of thinking that just because you wrote it down on paper. Yes, Coach Kramer just did it. <laughs> be ready to tear that practice plan uh, apart and, and, and start over. Uh, I think that's important. Um, and all my years of it, it, organizing events, I always tell people when we get into it, we got a plan in place and uh, um, I'm sure we missed something. So just be ready to make adjustments on the fly. Yeah. And going along with that coach, uh, sorry, but, there's the saying is you're never as good as when you win, never as bad as when you lose. And as a coach taking over a program, you got to remember that it's not, it's not about winning and losing. It's about, you know, are we getting better? Um, so if you have a bad night, you can't just scrap what you had, you, you know, you can't just be like, Oh, we got to go in a complete different direction. We lost two games in a row. Like, no, you got to stick to what you think is best for the team. Um, and on the flip side, like, Oh, we won a couple of games. We have success. This is great. You, you got to have, you got to be afraid of what's next. Like, um, you know, have people poke holes in your plan. All right. We beat them the first time around doing this uh, against a certain team, running this defense against them or taking away this ring. We feel good about ourselves. Um, but what about when we play them the second time around? So being prepared for that, not just, you know, constantly being on this roller coaster of we got to change this, we got to change that um, based on, winning and losing you know you could do it based on you know progress if you're not seeing any progress in your players then yeah maybe you're gonna have to change something up last piece of advice like two sentences to a new basketball coach what do you what do you say to him um have fun definitely have fun um build relationships and then you know find a way to celebrate little success all right you know whether that is um, practice success but find ways to celebrate that success and bring joy um you know with the players and with, with, the, with the staff you're around that's a real tough question i'm sorry coach i wish i had something better for you and then last but not least it kind of just popped in my head is you know take some time to take a break every once in a while even during the season like i'm gonna take you know this sunday i'm not doing anything basketball wise because I feel especially early you're taking over a program you it's easy to burn yourself out um spend time with your family you know spend time with yourself and take care of yourself too because ultimately you are hired for your brain right like you're not you're hired for your brain and if your brain isn't at its peak then you're not doing your best job so if you're not getting good sleep if you're not eating right if you're not exercising if you're not doing some things that you enjoy, like spending time with your family, you're cheating your coaching because that's what you're hired for. You're hired.
hard for ultimately your brain. You got to take care of your body. You got to take care of your mind. Sorry, those longer than two sentences. You know me. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's what happens when you're a basketball coach. You, you talk a lot. That's why we're, we got this podcast. So coach, <laughs> coach Arnold, go ahead. Well, I think coach said it all really well right there. And um, I, the only thing I would add to it is just enjoy the experience. Uh, just always remember um, why you're there in the first place. And it's, it's to, it's to be there for the kids and help the kids accomplish great things. Um, and it's to, it's because you got a passion. So uh, you, you've made it there and, and just enjoy that experience of, of, uh, of being a head coach, forming a program and helping a team get better. Man, uh, this was awesome. I can't thank you guys enough. These were some, I got better. Just listen to you guys go back and forth, talking about just a handful of topics. We could go on and on for hours with all the things that go into not just being a coach, but taking over uh, a new program with new team, new players, new community. And so uh, I can't thank you guys enough for taking the time out of your evening to be on the podcast. To our assistant coaches out there that are listening, you know, I, I can tell you firsthand. I mean, I was a, I was a head coach in Germany for a couple of years, but I wasn't the running a program. I was just a head coach of a team. And uh, when I came to the U.S. and had a handful of coaching experiences as an assistant, you know, to make this super short, if you're an assistant coach listening, just find the need, find the need, like com communicate early and often with your head coach. Don't pretend that you know it all and know all the needs talk to the head coach figure out what's the best place that you can be used given some maybe some of the holes within uh, the program as well as your own strengths and weaknesses be who you are be honest with the coaching staff about your own strengths and weaknesses and then go at it hard with how you can best serve that head coach and those kids on that specific team and uh, I think you'll find yourself in a, in a pretty good spot and learning quite a bit along the way as an assistant coach who's probably looking to be a varsity coach uh, someday, someday as well. So uh, that's a quick, quick piece uh, as far as our assistant coaches listening as well. Coaches, thanks for taking the time to be on the Coach's Edge. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon.